Hello out there. In Radio Land. Do you know what episode this is? 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15? 15. Whoa, we've done 15 episodes. We've done 15 of these. At least 12 we've recorded with our clothes on. (laughs) Or did we? Oh, I guess (laughs) we're recording, so I guess that's uh, a bit of a... You caught us. Okay, I'm Ben. I'm Cammie. And we are here bringing live, authentic, real, organic, unscripted, and uncut talk. Sometimes silent. (laughs) About family. You're listening to the Fight for Together podcast. So, um, someone recently asked, uh whose voice that was Hmm. on our intro yeah and that was Flea's voice we were actually in Florida Cammy and I were at the nudist resort and we were recording our first episodes there and we needed an intro well and an outro so I text seven or call him on my mom's phone I'm like seven I need an intro now and he recorded that little song he made it on his little machine and got his sister to record that who's seven years old not to be confused (laughs) with our son whose name is seven they recorded that on an iphone yeah and he wrote that song both Mm -hmm. for the intro and the outro and then they texted it to me and we used it Mm -hmm. for our first episodes and we haven't changed it because i think it's brilliant it is and tonight it's pretty good we are smoking cigars which is not a new thing around here, but I'm also, I'm drinking a beer tonight um, because I feel like I deserve it. And that's the son of a bitch of exercise <laughs> because I swam today for about 20 minutes. <laughs> Actually, probably not even that much. And swimming always makes me feel like I really did something. <laughs> I don't know if it's just because I can't swim very well and I feel like I'm drowning for the 20 minutes that I swam. <laughs> so I swam for 20 minutes and then I ate a whole pizza, two cookies, a glass of milk, and now I'm drinking a beer, which I don't think even... But hey, I think these cigars are fat-free. Yeah. And I'm drinking <laughs> a Lagunitas Citrus Anisus Pale Ale, which has been my go-to. Lately, I go on through these phases, and I get so attached, and then I get over things very quickly, but it's like a 7.5%, so I'm pretty excited about that. And I'm actually wearing my Patagonia Nano Puff jacket, which was the highest level of insulation that we took on the entire Appalachian Trail that I did. This was like, you know, people say, oh, pull out my down puffy jacket for when it's like, when it was literally 10 degrees out, this is what I wore. And I'm wearing it in my house right now because we have not turned our heat on. And when I woke up this morning, I could see my breath. <laughs> it's been so cold. It's been down by the fire. We, we're cranking the fire, and it's up to 52 because it's been 20 degrees outside most of the day. But I really want to make it till Friday. It'll be the, the latest we've ever made it without using the heat. You're so funny. Like, why do you like to push push it? You know, I was thinking about that because I've been reading these these books that Richard Rohr's been writing, and he's talking about how 
Jesus never really came to, um, he didn't talk about heaven like a whole lot, if at all. Like he wasn't really telling people to do something for the future. Mm-hmm. Everything he said was about the here and now. Yeah. And I used to think that I believed, oh, none of my kids are going to be spoiled. My kids are going to be badasses someday and they're not going to be, you know, like ungrateful little sons of bitches. Mm-hmm. So that that's kind of why I thought I was doing it. That's the easiest thing to say. Yeah. But I was thinking about it just in the last couple of days, mostly when we were running and freezing our asses off the other day because we went on this 30-degree run, our coldest of the year. And I realized I actually think it helps us live our life every day now that we do something hard or, mm. or live uncomfortable a little bit. And, like, I think... I think the kids are thankful for heat now when we mm. use it. And when we just live in 72 degrees, no one's like really that excited about it. We're not like high-fiving each other like, yeah, it's so yeah. awesome. It's it's just like, eh, everything's just like, okay. Mm-hmm. And like Friday when we turn the fucking heat on, mm-hmm. there's going to be a party. Yeah. Yeah, I That's don't. That's what I think. I do yeah. It. You know, I mean, it's it's mixed. I I like pain, or I don't shy away from it. Like I, I try not to at least. Mm-hmm. I think it's really a good thing in a lot of circumstances. Yeah. Yeah, I do like how discomfort, at least in our culture, you kind of almost have to create it. Oh, discomfort helps you feel more alive. Um, and it makes the comfortable times all that more great. And, you know, I, sometimes I ask myself this question, you know, if Ben were to die tomorrow, like, what would I do with the heat? <laughs> and I feel like I'd probably not be as extreme as you. Dude, I know what you'd do with the heat. Well, I don't think I'd be as extreme. Because I left for one day and you cranked that bitch yeah. to 68. That was for Shabbat. <laughs> okay. But I think I appreciate where you're coming from and have learned from it and believe some of what you believe, but maybe not to the extent or maybe I just practice it differently or would practice it differently. I mean, you did go on the Appalachian Trail with me. Mm-hmm. And by go with me, I mean, it was like basically your idea. I was going to say, you went with me. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, but it is kind of a cool scene because the way it works in our house right now and all winter long is we crank the fireplace mm-hmm. and the rest of the house is not heated very high even when we turn it on it's low compared to most people's standards I think we put it at 60 and what that means is everyone kind of huddles around the fireplace so I, I really like it I do like that I feel like the heat has a purpose mm-hmm. beyond comfort it actually brings us together. And, yeah. Out know, of necessity. Yeah, well, whatever. <laughs> kind of. Artificial necessity. Right. Okay. Yeah. So today, we're talking about house rules. Mm-hmm. And... So as you can imagine, in a family of eight with six kids, which is how many we have... I kind of want to begin at the beginning, though. Like, let's talk about when we first got married. That's true. Because what I was going to say is that you need to have some rules with that many people 
because otherwise chaos. So that's what we've discovered. Ensues. But yeah. back in the good old days, we did whatever we wanted. It was you and I. Remember that? Remember that? I mean, it lasted all of nine months. <laughs> Do I remember People that? say to wait after you get married to have kids. Cammy and I waited at least a week before we got pregnant. <laughs> so that, yeah. that was that worked out. We did it old school or something. I don't know. So when we got married, we had no rules. Actually, that's not true. The rule we had, you know, is the main rule. You know what I'm thinking of? No shoes? Yes. Yeah. Which was a big deal for me because I grew up in a house where we wore shoes. And if you ever want to offend an Asian. Or a half Asian. Or a half Asian. (laughs) uh, And my mom's Korean, for those of you that don't know. Go ahead and just walk on the floor with shoes. (laughs) You might as well spit in their face. (laughs) That's what it feels like. Is that how it feels like to you? You know, not as much anymore. I think I've chilled out a bit. Like, now I can even, like, tolerate it. Mm-hmm. Before, though, it was, like, a big no-no. Yeah. And there's a whole, like, philosophy behind that. Let's pause for a second and talk about that because I'll bet you hardly anyone knows why this is. But Easterners fundamentally view the ground as clean, which is why they sit on it they sleep on it everything's low to the ground too yeah that like you'll see these korean restaurants with these tables that are like 18 inches off the ground they sit on the ground it's not a big deal because the ground is clean and that's why when you wear your shoes which are dirty in ceremonial terms Mm -hmm. you would never touch a dirty thing to clean thing it's like walking on someone's pillowcase or their dining room table with your shoes on even if the shoes are brand new it still feels kind of weird you know Mm -hmm. and westerners fundamentally believe the ground is dirty which is why that we put everything on stilts. Like beds are just stilts. Like it's just platforms. Mm-hmm. And tables are just, you know, platforms on stilts just away from the ground. Mm-hmm. So they're like, fuck it. It's dirty anyways. My feet are dirty. Let's just might as well make it a giant pile of shit dirty more. And Easterners, like we view the ground as clean and even in our home. So it's like, hmm. yeah, yeah. That, that's probably... That's a little side educational. So as you can imagine, in these cold winters, it's imperative to have slippers oh, in our it's home. life or death. <laughs> and I left my slippers at our friend's house. I'm wearing these crappy Walmart ones right now. Yeah. I think they might be Ikea. Or no, maybe they are. No, these ones. Those ones didn't last very long. Mm. Okay, so that was, that was our rule starting off was very simple. And with... Ben and mine's personalities, especially back then, they were more extreme. Like our personalities hadn't been like much developed (laughs) yet in the good ways. So for Ben, he is more outspoken. And so all of his rules were spoken. And yeah, we didn't have a lot. But and I think I actually had rules that I just never... Spoke on out loud, or I would oh, say it in like a passive aggressive way. Yeah, yours would have been like, what cleaning up after myself. There's certain things that really bug you, like oh, um, like li- spitting toothpaste <laughs> and leaving it in the sink. Oh, gross! Which yeah. I don't really do on purpose, but every once in a while, there's like a little yeah, like toothpaste glob that gets stuck there, and I think 
That's not the uh, world. Or stuff from your throat or... Okay, Cammie, this is, that's pretty graphic <laughs> for these I people. S- we got to keep it a little real here. We're trying not to, just toothpaste. I mean, I'm not like, ooh, gross, toothpaste. Can't handle this type of... Um, yeah, I think for me, I think... Because I think everyone has preferences. Everyone has rules. But for... Someone like me and my personality and in my stage of development of my personality, I like didn't know how to voice them. Um, so it looked very one sided. But if you could really look underneath all that, we both had our thing. Which I still think the only rule was not to wear shoes in the house. That we like clearly stated. Yeah. Yeah. Probably. So then let's just fast forward. and we Well, have... you, you also had a rule of no throwing up in between <laughs> the two front seats okay, I thought of the that car. Was, I thought that was common sense. That, <laughs> and I know people have these excuses, morning sickness, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But when you throw up in someone's Honda Civic, you roll down the window and throw up outside the car, not in between the two front seats, in the middle of the stick shift. What made it... Where it's impossible to clean out. Yeah, that made it bad. But what made it even worse is I think I th- I actually parked the car in front of our house <laughs> and still ended up throwing up in between the seats. I forgot about that. I'm surprised <laughs> you brought that up. Oh, funny. Okay, so then we, um, we got older and had a bunch of kids. And now we have house rules. And we fought it back and forth. I go back and forth because... There's a way that house rules can be done that I really don't like. Um, let's talk about that way for a second. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess the, my biggest beef with house rules is when someone declares a house rule. Oh, sorry, I'm burping. That's um, to be my beer. Not just a house rule, but like a moral imperative. Mm-hmm. So let's just take manners for example. If someone says. You need to say please or thank you. Um, I think that's a great house rule. If parents want to do that in their house, freaking go for it. And actually, for that matter, if you want to parent your kids that way, I think that's fine too. Like, I don't care. Whatever. But when we judge people for not saying those two words, mm-hmm. magic words as they're called sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, or let's say, for example, our kids leave the house and they don't say those words. Like they grow up and have their own kids. I think that's when house rules cross a line because then it's no longer a house rule. You're actually believing this thing is a moral thing. Mm-hmm. And you're not just saying you need to do this while you're in my house for the sake of... Or like of, my rule superior over whatever you find your rule should be. So maybe we should talk about... This is where I think um, understanding why it's good to have house rules exists. The more people you have, rules kind of protect the masses Mm -hmm. in a way. Yeah. At least that's, I hope, what they're doing. So I'm trying to think. Like we just, this is one we just made a rule. This is our newest one. We said, okay, kids, you get one towel and it's your towel. Mm Mm-hmm. This is kind of like a procedure and policy, but it has rules in it. Um, and what? How does it go? See, we, should, we need to write. You this said down. you get one towel, 
uh, and if you find your towel on the ground wet the next time, like you have to eat. You can't use someone else's towel. Yeah. You get one towel and basically you get to wash it once a month. Yeah, that's right. You get to wash it once a month and I would suggest hanging it up. Because the problem is basically with six kids, we have a number of kids that don't hang up the towels and we don't have a washer and dryer. Like we use my parents, which is across the way, which having to walk through butt ass cold 23 degrees today and clog up their washer and dryer, which they have three families using because my sister and brother-in-law don't have one either. So we have essentially what? Eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13 people using one washer and dryer. So the kids will just leave their towel in a soggy mess. And then of course it smells like crap and they don't want to use it. So what do they do? They just grab a new towel. Mm -hmm. And then we have loads of Is this why people have their names on towels? (laughs) I don't know. We should. That'd be kind of funny. So, so the rule, because that's not fair to then my parents or everyone else who's doing laundry or everyone else who then gets no towels. So we just kind of create this rule that says, and it's like using less water. I mean, there's a lot of. So that that's an example that we had to create this thing. Now, do I think it's bad to use multiple towels? No. No. But I have to state this because with some rules, we actually go there. We're like, oh, it's actually wrong to not say please or thank you. Yeah. You know, but I, I it's important for me to distinguish because if my kids grow older and they want to use a towel in their house with their house rules, every, a new towel every single time and leave it in a wet pile of <laughs> crappy mess, go for it. Yeah. They can do it. And I don't want to judge them for it. <laughs> but if yeah. they're going to live here for now, they have to live by that. Mm-hmm. Um. So the other purpose for rules we have found is it actually helps relationships. Like certain, I mean, someone has to be in charge. So we're, we're the ones in charge of the six kids. Eventually they can be in charge of their own life. But while they're here, you know, they have to follow certain rules. And I think because we're in charge, like well, I think especially us, you know, you can start getting pretty resentful at your kids if they like keep doing something that is a preference of yours to not do. Um, for me to see the kitchen like just crazy messy all the time really hurts my soul. <laughs> no, I mean, it's like, well, you lose it. You go ballistic. It, it like makes me feel totally chaotic and it makes me feel like I need to clean it and all this and all that. And I actually. Which you've gotten a lot better at. Yeah. And I actually don't mind messy kitchens, but at least sometimes. But if it's just like constantly messy, it really isn't. I don't like it. So Well, it's not functional. We're feeding eight people three meals a day it ends up not just affecting me it affects other people so we created this system that sometimes works beautifully other times works really not great um where there's always at least two people that clean up after every meal and because it used to be i don't know at one point at what point this switch but it used to be me and when the kids were super small that makes sense i mean i guess 
you know, Ben helped somewhat, but I actually wanted to do it. Well, I was making money and, and fighting wars, and that's a woman's job to claim, which is... <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on. That was the beer talking. <laughs> um, so, you know, we had we made those rules, and... I think it makes, yeah, it makes for everything, for there to be less resentment on a lot okay, of people's so part. Okay, so let's get to our counseling appointment today, because we talked about this today, and it was really kind of a cool thing. Yeah. So we're hanging out with our counselor. First of all, we're like, we've, we've gone to therapy now for a couple of years. Yeah. And the first year, I would say it just like saved our ass, mm. you know, with where we were at. It felt like a lifeline. It was like the yeah. only way we could tell which way it was up, and we yeah. would just be dying until we'd go to the session every other week, and then we'd get like an infusion of... You're not alone. You can do it. Not it's feeling okay. crazy. You're not crazy. You're not a monster. And we could talk about our stuff and kind of, I don't know. It was just helpful. Yeah. But the last number of, well, we took eight months off to go to do the AT and things. And then the last two sessions have been like, eh. It just has a different vibe where it's, we don't feel like we really need this. It's more like... This is a nice thing to have in our life, but I mean, I think well, our, our counselor actually called it because we kind of just, well, we he, brought him into this conversation. He said, why are you, why do you guys come? Yeah. And I was like, I kind of like hanging out with you and it kind of sucks that it's 170 bucks an hour, but uh, it's, it's cool to chill. <laughs> yeah. So he, he was saying, yeah, well, that's great. It sounds to me like where things are at with you guys and counseling is it's a luxury item, kind of like getting a massage or, I don't know, pedicure or something like that. Um, and I actually think that is true, at least right now. Like, that is how it feels. Um, I, I go back and forth on that, though, because... It, I feel like it's a little higher than A pedicure than that, maybe. is like... Yeah, maybe a pedicure is not know, a good example. It's pretty superficial, and maybe it does check off a box of uh, emotional health or something to take care of yourself. But yeah. this consistently challenges me and intellectually it, it helps me grow. Yeah. So I, I think maybe it seems really worth it to me for that. It's, it's not but, really just like I go and check out for 90 minutes. In fact, we're wasted after. Well, I, yeah, but and if we compare it to the first year and a half of us going, you can't, really compare it no, because it that was like so that. extreme um okay, time in our life so anyways we're talking to our um therapist and he says there's three reasons or sorry there's three options when you have resentment okay like when you feel resentment in yourself there's three things you can do with it mm -hmm. the first is let it go and that's like aka forgiveness he says this is the best time to ever do this is when it was like kind of based on an expectation that was unrealistic and there was never an agreement like specifically with an adult so you accept reality and say okay this is never going to happen so i'm letting it go well maybe it will kinda. but but it just the example he gave is he said if i want let's say i expect to have sex with my wife three times a week and that's not happening mm -hmm. you know you could get resentful over it or you have to let it go because you never agreed she never agreed to have sex three times a week i mean let's assume she didn't so 
Then you're just getting bent out of shape for an expectation you had. But that's assuming you have the awareness enough to let it go, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's all. It's all assuming a lot of things. Yeah. Okay. But that's what you would do. Okay. The numbers. The second thing is to actually get angry. Mm-hmm. Like this is really appropriate. Sometimes a resentment is a sign that some contract was broken. Could be. So yeah. so let's say that Cammy and I are always saying, "Hey, we're going to meet at seven o'clock," and she consistently shows up at seven twenty, and I'm starting to get pissed off about that well it's better to say hey yeah i'm angry about that and to say hey i really like hanging out with you but when you show up 20 minutes late it um it really hurts our time and i'm not able to focus so this something has to change mm-hmm. you know it's not just anger like you're throwing shit around the house but no it's but still like anger is okay it could be frustration or it could be anger yeah but the third thing and this is where it applies to today's talk he said mm-hmm. that when the third option for resentment is to create a contract <clears throat> because there's kind of like anger in the making. So sometimes there's things that are undefined. And, and this is what I notice why I create a lot of the house rules that yeah, cause I create. Because you, you're pretty good at catching those resentments early. I think you feel it earlier than I do. And I think you have no problem like with confrontation which maybe isn't even really confrontation for you but it's you know setting up a rule um, to me it's there's going to be a confrontation at some point yeah it's just saying let's have it up front when the energy is low instead of yeah. i don't want to blow up yeah so for example when i hear the kids taking a shower and after about minute 11 my blood pressure starts to rise <laughs> And it will continually go up. You're like, who's still taking a shower? Until (laughs) either the shower gets turned off Mm -hmm. or I would probably explode around the 30 minute mark. (laughs) Like actually explode. And so, and this was an ongoing thing. And we have six kids and there's two showers and it's of course Mm -hmm. cold in our house. So, and I get it. I don't want to get out of the shower either. But... I realized, okay, we need to create. Uh, you you realize you have an expectation that showers should only last 10 minutes unless you're going to pay for it. You know, it was kind of your way of yeah. thinking about it. So really a contract is saying, I have this expectation. I need you to meet it. And if you don't, then blank happens. I mean, I guess that's with our kids. Because I mean, I'm paying for the shower. But like if... If it's a friend, like with meeting a friend, it's different where you you still have the expectation and you still voice it and you say, hey, if I'm going to keep meeting with with you, I really like meeting with you. If I'm going to keep meeting with you, then I need you to show up on time. Or, yeah, with you and I, it's different because you and I like would discuss it. There'd be a discussion of what, yeah. what like, let's take sex. Let's say, I want sex five days a week. You're like, well, I want it too. And we're like, well, how about three? And we would like agree on that. Yeah. And then we say, okay, let's shoot for these days. With kids, it's a little different. So a, a contract is really kind of maybe a vocalized rule with a clear set of like consequences or rewards or however you want to set it up. So we did that. That's another rule that we had more recently. We said, okay, everyone gets a 10-minute shower. And this isn't just for the water bill, although it is that. But you know, with six kids sharing two bathrooms, 
Mm-hmm. Um, certain kids staying there for 45 minutes. And we would, like, be missing kids. We'd be like, oh, crap, it's time to start this. And someone's, like, 25 minutes into their shower. Yeah. And we're like, so we said you get 10 minutes free a day. Mm-hmm. And I don't care if they shower every day. I don't care, I don't care if they shower once a week. It doesn't matter to me. Yeah. Um, but no more than once a day. Mm-hmm. And after that, every minute is what 10 cents i think so yeah so i was thinking you know if they want a 20 minute shower i'd want a 20 minute shower they could pay a dollar yeah and i don't think that's like that's about what the goal is like that's about what we pay so, electricity and we give them the money for allowance even for free i was gonna say for our listeners they need to know like we actually we give them an allowance every week that's not even tied to chores it's just because i want them to learn the cost of things yeah so but but here's the thing like I think a lot of people feel guilty about that or would, like, shame me for creating a rule like that. Mm-hmm. But you're going to – if not, I'm going to be pissed. There's just no yeah. way around that right now. Now I might grow out of that, but right now I'm going to be pissed. And I don't want to be pissed. And no yeah. one around this place wants me pissed. So it's better to create a rule around an expectation than it is for me to constantly build in resentment. And who knows how that can come up. I could lose my temper – I could just not talk to kids. I could just, you know, turn down the passively aggressively go down and turn the hot water yeah. tank down. I was just thinking <laughs> that. I was like, oh, that'd be so horrible. But Cammy, you're saying, I and mean, we were talking about this earlier, and you were saying you will go months. Yeah. I I think I have and I don't think this is negative or positive, but I think I have a high um tolerance for just my expectation getting walked on getting walked on getting walked on getting walked on and then eventually I feel like I don't really like this and then (laughs) but then a lot of times and by that time you're bitchy yeah I'm just like really pissed off it's not very constructive talking it's just like not very it's not nice you know it's not like so I know that I also need this kind of thing. It, I just look nicer because I don't doesn't happen as quickly for me. But it's the same end result. Um, or I'll just I'll have this cycle too, where I think what happens with me is I just every so often get get kind of like mad at the kids, like almost like illogically. But it's not illogical if you understood the cycle. Cause like when the, but, like the kitchen will get to a certain point of messiness, and it's and I'll just, just like, flip the lid yeah. when I probably three days ago should have sat the kids down and said like, okay, this isn't working. You you three bucks you three bucks you three you know something where it's like the next time this happens like you're gonna pay me money or enforce or the whatever. rules that we already have. Yeah. Well, I guess that's what you just said with the three dollars. Well, I th- yeah, I think that's also part of it. Like staying on kids like if they if they actually violate a rule like actually going through with the consequence because a lot of times I'll just be like oh it's okay you know and it's not and like for you it's like it's not okay like I think for you you can you also know where it leads like really yeah because I know like I said if I'm either gonna get pissed now or later mm -hmm. and it's better for everyone it's not even pissed actually it's just like I'm gonna communicate frustrated yeah. But I'm less frustrated now. In fact, I, I, oh, I'll i yeah. be frustrated if it yeah. keeps on going. Yeah. But, you know, resentment it will build up. Yeah. 
And this leads to the only practical piece of advice I want to give today to our listeners, who we appreciate very much. Mm-hmm. And that is, if you have a rule, may I kindly suggest that you write it down and post, and post it. it publicly. <laughs> yeah. The, and go over with your kids. Go over with the kids. Once, but you might have to keep going Well, every back time they it. break it, you might have yeah. to point it. Because what has happened with us is there's a lot of things are always changing. And it's okay. It's totally awesome if the rules change. That just shows. Yeah. It teaches everyone these aren't moral issues. They're not carved in stone. Yeah. It needs to work for you and for the kids and whatever. Um, and if it's not, then and you really want you it consistent. It. You don't want it to be just like, oh, I'm going to enforce this when I feel like it. So even when it kind of doesn't do any harm, I think it's still better to enforce it because if not, you're actually teaching the kids that the rules don't matter. Yeah. So even if it's not like, okay, I'm just like, yeah, uh, they took a 20 minute shower. Well, I wasn't feeling upset this time. So whatever, go for it. Well, and our kids don't go to school and they don't get like tardy slips or have any of those checks and balances. So we're, we're it for them. Like, what are you saying? Like teaches other stuff? I, I mean, I just think our kids have it pretty good in light of. Oh, you don't feel bad for them? Well, I do. But right, the, right at this moment, I'm like, come on. <laughs> like, do you know what I had to do? I had to be there at 725 a.m. every morning yeah, in high school. We don't feel too bad. I don't know. They they did put out a lot with the Appalachian Trail. Yeah. No, I'm not saying our kids are, are they don't spoiled. They it's all relative, um, right? Yeah, but, it's all relative. But write it down because, um, like, it just allows more continuity. Like, some of our rules get confusing, like, especially the media ones, like, yeah. for iPods and iPads and computer time and stuff. Because we'll say, like, 30 minutes a day. Yeah. And then, you know, something sometimes, will happen. I'll be like, oh, fuck it. Take 45 or sometimes minutes. I'll add <laughs> because I'm like, I like this peace and quiet. Rainier just woke up. Ooh, he's interested in it. So I'll like add 20 minutes to it. Or the kids will essentially not necessarily like sneak it, but you know, so we found it's best to say something like computer time from 1:30 to 2. If that's what we decided. Cuz right. we have these limits in our head already, and then we'll like like if we enforce it for one day, we're like no, you guys are spending too much time on the computer. 30 minutes only. And then we'll forget the next day. We'll be yeah. like, do we say 30 or 45? Cuz 45 seems like it's You know okay. another big thing is food, like snacks. And I, in our culture, I think a lot of times that can be a bit of a hot button for people because I, uh, not everyone, but I feel like a lot of people feel like if a kid, a kid should be able to eat whenever they want to eat. Again, if they're in school, they're not going to be able to do that. But it's funny, like being at home, I don't know. So if I don't want to go crazy, you know, especially with a toddler, and giving him a snack every every one hour. Well, because we have specifically three or four kids that will all want snacks basically every hour, which makes for about 12 snacks between lunch and dinner. And it's just like mess and like, it, it, you know, you're trying to focus on something and now you can't focus on something. So I have found it's helpful to have a snack time. And it's usually between lunch and dinner. Um Sometimes when, you know, with Rainier, it's between breakfast and lunch. Although ever since coming off the Appalachian Trail, we have been waking up kind of later and having That's breakfast right. later. That's so right. then it's like, I've, we're done with breakfast. It's now time for lunch. All right. 
I'm ready to shift gears here. Well, okay, final thing. So the the moral of the story is I actually think it's the most loving and kind thing to do to translate current and future resentments into clear, clearly communicated, measurable, and enforceable rules. Mm-hmm. Damn, that's a good little thing. Hmm. I wish I had put that on Facebook. You say that again. I don't know. Um <laughs> Take current or future resentments, so things that you're currently feeling. Because we're not telling you to have no shoes in your house or limit no. your snack time. You take the things but that you're already. But everyone has their things. Their things they're sensitive about. Yeah. And instead of just getting pissy about it, which is, it's actually a sign that you have preferences and that's okay. Yeah. See, now I'm going on. I should have just kept it as that one line. It's okay. Just, you take yeah. a current or future resentment and you translate it into a clear measurable and enforceable rule yeah that's a really loving thing to do and it's also loving to enforce it because it's telling your kids what you can do to not make me hate you yeah and i think it's teaching them how to relate to others too like in other relationships because everyone has expectations and when they go into someone else's house you know what we could teach our kids you need to learn and follow those house rules right? while you're there. Mm-hmm. And when you make your own house, you know, create some of your own house rules. And, and we'll follow them when we go to their when house. When you're in a relationship, whether it be a romantic relationship or a friend, like to be in that relationship, you're going to have to figure out each other's own expectations and rules and how to navigate that. And... All right. You know what that means. It is time for the news. All right. And the reason why we're doing the news today is because we don't have any phone calls. No one left any messages for us. Let's. Do we have the booing thing here? Let's. <laughs> let's do something. Jay. Jay. Mm. And also. <laughs> uh, crickets on you guys <laughs> Dude Cammy just totally Dissed you um, Good one babes good one. Um, But hope, I'm actually I hope really that ex- guilt all of you to <laughs> I'm really excited us. for that You can leave a future message So I don't have to cricket you guys Yeah. Um, on the Anchor app mm-hmm. um, But this article came out today In the Atlantic and it's titled, Why Are Young People Having So Little Sex? Despite the easing of taboos and the rise of hookup apps, Americans are in the midst of a sex recession. So this this online article, I was going to print it. Do you know how many pages this thing is? Mm. 38 pages. Whoa. And I like reading about sex. But I was like, I can't read 38 pages. How right did now. they find enough content to write 38? Dude, they write about everything. Oh, wow. That's really fascinating. Okay. So, this is, I'm going to read like the first couple of paragraphs because I think it's really interesting. Um, hmm. These should be boom times for sex. The share of Americans who say sex between unmarried adults is not wrong at all, is at an all time high. HIV, I'm paraphrasing, is an all time low. Um, birth control is free morning after pill you can get with a with no prescription um, grinder and tinder have you know give more access to casual sex within the hour um, and all sorts of things are like accessible now BDSM is available anywhere uh, 
porn is easy to get to. Just goes on and on. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're saying like sex, everything is in like sex's favor to be like happening more. Yeah. And yet the percentage of high school students who have had intercourse dropped from 54 to 40, 40%. Mm-hmm. That's not like huge. U.S. teen pregnancy rate has plummeted to a third of its modern high. And the average adult went from having sex 62 times a year down to 54 times. Hmm. Which I think some people hearing this might think, oh, big deal. Like those stats are tiny, but it shows a trend line. Mm -hmm. And those are the types of stats like population, um, growth, increase type things. That that actually can end populations. Yeah. You know, like, I mean, if, if people go from having 2.1 babies to 1.9 babies, people think, oh, no big deal. But and, and th- this, I'm just making a point of statistics, yeah. not, not talking about birth rate. But um, th- these are actually, you know, it's a big deal. Like, we may not feel it in our lifetime, but if it keeps going this direction, our great grandkids are definitely going to be feeling it so they this person that wrote this article um which i'll link in the show notes like there's just a million theories out there basically Uh they're talking about economic pressure anxiety rates psychological frailty of antidepressant usage television streaming environmental estrogens from plastics (laughs) i mean you name it um Mm -hmm. but there's of course the usual suspects the big ones uh digital porn um, women's sex toys, vibrators, dating apps, helicopter parenting, smartphones. Mm-hmm. So, and then there's this. Mm-hmm. Another survey found that 47% of married people haven't had sex in the last month. Mm-hmm. What do you mean? Mm-hmm. That's that's like, that's not. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. No, that's, Whoa. what is it? Yeah. Here, uh. That's put, near and dear to Ben's heart. <laughs> I need to put firewood on. And you, you talk about how terrible that is. <laughs> terrible. Even if I don't believe it. <laughs> you, you don't believe it? No, I, I just wouldn't use that. Um, such strong of a word. I think it's sad. Um, I think, yeah, I mean, it. it's just too bad, I guess. Um, I don't know. It, I think what I have found is I know every marriage, every relationship is different, but I know what I have found is that the more sex we have, the more connected I feel with Ben and it seems to do help our relationship thrive and, and can't and grow, but that's not the only factor for growth, but. And I want to point out, we don't believe that sex equals closeness necessarily. Nor do yeah, I, I'll bet you there's people not having true. sex that are listening to this that are married or not married. It doesn't really matter to me. And they have good reasons, you yeah. know, and there's probably pain there, possibly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I don't want to slam those people. We're yeah. talking about general stats here, which I think is telling us something bigger. So I want to be sensitive to the individual cases out yeah. there. You know, I, would, I wouldn't talk this way to... If someone hasn't had sex in 47 mm-hmm. days, I wouldn't be like. No. I wouldn't be. Hang on. I wouldn't be like. 
But as a culture, I think we need to look at these, you know, yeah. trends. So <clears throat> there, you know, so one of the lines here says, even people in relationships told me that their digital life seemed to be vying with their sex life. We'd probably have a lot more sex, one woman noted, if we didn't get home and turn on the TV, start scrolling through our phones. This seems to defy logic. Our hunger for sex is supposed to be primal. Who would pick messing around online over actual messing around? Well, you know, it is kind of interesting, like, when there's blackouts. Isn't mm-hmm. there, like, that statistic where when a blackout happens, there's ba- a lot more babies? There's, like, I... a baby boom in, like, nine months there was like a really famous one in new york that i looked up mm-hmm. and i think it was like an urban legend oh uh, okay so i really want that's... it to be true i i'm sure there's some truth to it i found the answer <laughs> no um apparently not but they go through all the usual suspects they talk about porn mm-hmm. and there there's no one answer um no they're just kind of like analyzing the question um and talking about some theories mm-hmm. but more shocking so i you know i think the religious folks would just instantly say well obviously porn is replacing sex and in some cases it was like masturbation is higher which Mm -hmm. is linked to porn use um and a lot of what they were saying is porn takes the edge off of like sex i mean if you were the only naked body i ever saw Mm -hmm. then we'd probably have more sex because it's like supply and demand. I'd like, I, you know, it's like, I haven't seen a naked body in a month. Like, right. I want to now, but, I, you know, you could just like look at like a huh? I want to now. Naked body. Naked now, body. Me. <laughs> <laughs> um, they talk about hookup culture and how there's, you know, a lot more of that going on. Um, mm-hmm. One of the things that was really interesting about this, they talked about online dating, which I've never... Even I've wanted to get a Tinder account just to like swear. We're like too old and have been married too long to even have even been a part of that world at all. Well, and we came from like a religious background, so. But I'd like to, I'd like the feeling of being on Tinder and just like because everyone's talking about swipe right or something, and but I feel like it'd be weird if people saw me on there because I'm just kind of <laughs> like screwing around, like I'm not actually looking for a date. Not literally. Are you kidding me? I don't have time for dates. I have to be recording podcasts. <laughs> talking about (laughs) talking about dating dating. apps um but it says the very existence of online dating makes it harder for anyone to make an overture in person without seeming inappropriate what's an overture like that so this is crazy what they're saying uh yeah yeah well no not just a hookup but like a like a hey like if you're at a bus stop Uh and you're like hey are you doing anything tonight yeah people now consider that creepy because they're saying oh, online dating oh, is yeah. or dating is this thing that happens online and it happens on these certain websites. So therefore, anything that happens outside of it, mm-hmm. people are almost considering it like sexual harassment. Because like, I mean, imagine like, oh, imagine I'm just at a restaurant with you sense. and I think you look cute, and I'm like, yeah. hey, I think you look cute. People are like, whoa, I didn't ask for that. Whereas yeah. that was the only way you used to be able to like meet anyone was by physically breaking some weird social barrier. Be like, oh. Really like your shoes. <laughs> Can't say that anymore. You have to. Your shoes are You have cute. to be on the app. I have to be on the app. So it, it like sandboxes dating into these places. Mm-hmm. Really weird. That is weird. Um, this one is interesting too. They're talking about inhibition. Um, and they say min- millennials don't like to get naked. If you go to the gym now, everyone under 30 will put their underwear on under their towel, which is a massive cultural shift. 
Um, And people are designing master bedrooms with, like, their own changing rooms and bathrooms, like, even within a couple. Mm -hmm. Wait, so they're putting their underwear. Is this, like, an all same sex, same sex locker like room. Like guys aren't showing guys. They're not naked in front of anyone. And women aren't naked in front. So th- what they're saying is even within couples or hmm. what people are almost afraid to have sex because they don't want to be naked in front of another human being. Yeah. Which you and I are obviously experiencing the opposite shift with we're like wanting more m- nakedness in front of more people. Yeah. But this hmm. is something for us that's been really fun we sleep naked every night and we've done that for years except when it's 20 degrees on the appalachian trail which is when we're wearing a beanie down jacket and gloves (laughs) oh gosh um that's one of the highlights of my day possibly the highlight is climbing in bed naked it's one of my favorite times definitely one of mine another one well maybe what (laughs) You're like, what? Yeah, I am like, what? Because you always tell me it's the highlight. Well, the highlight. The highlight. The highlight. Tell me what's better than that. Hmm. Maybe it is the highlight. I'm just trying to act all cool as a cucumber here for that. I'm just, I don't know. Yeah, it's great. I like it a lot. But so millennials aren't taking their clothes off. Yeah. So they don't want to poop and pee in front of someone else or be naked. Yeah. And that makes sex easier, I guess. Hmm. I don't know. It's weird. So, hmm. I don't know. What do you What do you think about this whole thing? It's kind of sad to me, like that the culture yeah. is shifting that way. And I think, like, hmm. I wonder if it's like our. So this is my one of my theories. Our culture is so it's like highly fake and polished now, like. Everything has moved online, like even dating, um, hookups and all that. And Instagram, I mean, everything can be photoshopped and filtered and all this. And so real life, in real life, you almost feel like you have to photoshop yourself. Which is like basically having uh, internet sex. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the equivalent mm-hmm. is the biggest tragedy for me with the whole like online thing. Because I hear a lot of people having beefs with it. Oh, it shrinks our brains or stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I feel like it moves to a world that's more and more within our control. Oh. And I don't think that's necessarily mm-hmm. a good thing. It feels nice. Like, the nice thing about Facebook is I can look who I want to look at. I can control what other people see. Mm-hmm. And I can go on it whenever I want on it. And it's, like, 100% information accessible 100% of the time. Yeah. Which is not like real relationships. Real relationships, I call someone up, and they're like, sorry, I'm busy. And I'm yeah. like, oh, that sucks. I'm lonely. <laughs> or I get rejected, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, these online things, they all revolve around people, but they all revolve around our control. Mm-hmm. And sex, yeah. in a way with another human, not yourself, is the ultimate of, like, losing. a long-term sexual relationship is, is about losing control. Like, yeah. the pinnacle being the orgasm, which is, like, you're in this very vulnerable, out-of-control moment, and someone else can watch you and see you there and, mm-hmm. you know, even enjoy that aspect. Mm-hmm. 
And all of our lives now are built around getting more and more and more control. Mm. Yeah. So that's that's my beef with all things tech. Um, and I don't know how to deal with that because I don't I don't think the tech itself is bad. Yeah. I don't think video games are bad. I don't think Tinder is bad. I don't I mean, even think porn in itself is bad. The the tech probably just highlights and exacerbates stuff in us humans than if it wasn't there. Yeah. I mean, it's like caveman time. Let's say it's like getting what you meat, want. What woman, does that look like? No. Meat, woman, and meat, fire, now. And you couldn't even get it now. You'd have to go. At the same time. You had to go hunt a fucking wolf <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> By starting a fire, it would take you 45 minutes. But here, if I want something now, I get the feeling of getting it now very quickly. Yeah. And those are hard habits to break, I think. So sex mm-hmm. is not that. I mean, even from like, you learn like, oh, women take longer to turn on with foreplay and whatnot. And, you know, it's like, what if I don't want to invest? Well, I got to be nice to my woman minutes. for the whole day. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> so... Yeah, I don't know. I th- I th- one other observation I had was we thought we were all patting ourselves on the back as a culture by informing people about how shitty, like, pregnancy is. Hmm. So we're having our high schoolers drag around a 10-pound bag of flour and be like, see, don't have sex. And we scare them. Yeah. And it'd be like, see, pregnancy sucks. Babies suck. <laughs> and now it's like, okay, good job. Kids aren't having sex and they're not getting pregnant. But is that really what we wanted? Mm-hmm. I mean, is that... I feel like, you know, this is starting to feel very brave new worldish. You know, where things are like more sterilized. It's exactly brave new world. Yeah. You know, remember brave new world they had the orgy porgies. I never actually read the book. Oh. I just have listened to you talk about it. Well, it's been twenty two years for me. I started to read it, and then I was like, uh. So, <laughs> I actually. But very simply, like, so there's this book called Amusing Ourselves to Death. Yeah. And it's by a guy named Neil Postman. Which is like the modern Brave New World kind of, or it's a take on. It's, he's a very boring Okay, so it's not a novel, like Brave New World. he's a journalist. (laughs) Okay. Or a philosopher, linguist, or something. Yeah. From New York University or something. And he was comparing and amusing ourselves to death, which the title says everything you need to know. It's like, he's like talking about killing ourselves with basically entertainment, but he compares 1984, which is George Orwell's like Orwellian. Well, yeah, of course it's Orwellian because it's Orwell, but like that the government's going to come down and, and censor and control everything. So we don't have freedom. He compares that with brave new world and brave new world. So the government's not going to take away our freedom. We're going to give it away ourselves mm-hmm. by never leaving our house. Cause we're over entertained. We're we'll, mm. we'll amuse ourselves to death. Mm-hmm. So he says, I believe Aldous Huxley was right, who wrote Brave New World, not George Orwell. It's not going to be control that costs us our lives. It's It'll be actually, we'll, we'll have so much information, we'll hand it so over. much pleasure, yeah. that everything's going to become meaningless. Mm. So there's so much sex, no one even cares about sex itself. So of course, like, I mean, for me, I'm like, a, I love the topic of sex, so... I find so fascinating, and they, and they talk about it in this article. Those those that Japanese culture where no one's having sex, mm-hmm. like 
people pay money like they have these like basically like prostitute bars but instead of even prostitution you can pay to just like talk to someone or pay to cuddle with someone because mm-hmm. they're so Starved. void of human interaction mm-hmm. i mean forget about sex they don't even they're not even ready for that even to pay for it mm. they want you know they're, they'd much rather masturbate at home but if you're gonna even like leave the house and get off the computer you they're like willing to cuddle with someone or at least have mm-hmm. a conversation is a yeah. is a novel thing or there's those bars for women only where they can just go and talk about sex. Wasn't that that one where they can like look at sex toys and. Yeah, there is that kind of stuff. But a lot of it's like not even talking about sex. It's, it's just, just like talking s- with a woman sitting. No, I know. I'm just saying that for the, the women bar, it's like sitting in like a place where it's more. It feels more safe for them to talk about or to experiment with stuff. All right. I'll link that video below too. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Anything else you want to say about that? Have more sex. <laughs> Maybe. I if, don't know if, what you, I, if you want to. Yeah. I don't like prescribing that. Cause I think I, I'm kidding. By yeah, the way. I know. But I, I just think for individuals, it's, it is a really sensitive thing, but it is. It's very, I sensitive. do think by putting down our phones, you know, I do think it's important to understand why maybe you don't want to have sex. And I yes. think that has been my journey. Because it's probably a symptom. Because I think when we got married, like, I, I like, wasn't interested in sex. Um, so it was a journey for me. I mean, for years, I, like, didn't look at the, look at the reasons. I didn't want to. I, I couldn't handle it. I didn't even have the maturity or awareness. And then I went through many years where I started to dig up. And now I don't even look like the same person when it comes to how I view my sexuality. Oh, it's crazy, guys. I'm very different. Oh, she's But it's not different. It's not from it. I mean, I, I do think it's from a lot of work. You know, and a lot of pain. And I get it if people don't want to go there. <laughs> this is the, I got to brag on our sex life for a little bit. Just, and I do this because I'm really happy about our sex life, but also because I was never told this story. Mm. I, our sex, our first year of marriage, like sucked. Our first five years. Of okay, <laughs> first five years. And I thought, oh, we missed out. We, that, that ship has sailed. Like, I was hearing stories of other people having good sex life, and I was like, Ours is done. Mm-hmm. I missed that opportunity. But we had, this is the best sex we've ever had our entire marriage. For, I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to say. Year 18. Yeah. Yeah. And oh, I, I, agree. I think it's probably the most sex we've ever had in our marriage. Yeah. Certainly the highest, qu- most high quality sex. Which I actually think is the quality is more important than quantity, but it's nice if you can have both. I think they're both the most important. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So, I don't know. Interesting topic. I, I, I'm actually, I'll post the article and all that stuff. I'm, I'm interested to hear what people think, but unfortunately, podcasts are not the best medium for discussion. Okay, we got to wrap this up because I want to keep this under an hour. This podcast is available all sorts of places. Like, if you're watching on YouTube, just so you know, you can listen to it on your phone, like on all the things uh i don't even care i don't know why i even say that now that i think about it because you guys are smart enough um 
If you are willing to do this, someone sent me a message. I haven't even read it to you yet. And they said, oh, I would love to share your podcast, but I don't want my friends to know I listen to you because some of the stuff you guys talk about <laughs> is kind of hard. And all I can say is, listen, mm. I feel you. <laughs> but if it really, if you really do like it and it's helping you, it might help someone else. And you might know who that person is. And it could be very mm. brave of you to recommend us you know, it's time to come out of the closet. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, we don't do any ads or sponsors, but we have a Patreon account. If you want to help fund us, you're welcome to do so under no obligation. And I already said this, but leave comments on the Anchor app so that we don't have to give you guys that. No one, no one wants that. No, it's it, it's it, humiliating. It hurts us. It hurts you. <laughs> It hurts the relationship. There's going to be resentment. We're going to have to make a rule. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's avoid the rules. Oh, dang it. I wanted to say this about rules. Fewer rules, the better, I think. Mm. Just as a rule of thumb. <laughs> as a rule of thumb. <laughs> um, what's that? Uh, yeah, we're not talking about just like filling up refrigerators full of rules. Like in general, our, our goal is to have as few rules as possible. So. We want to keep that with this podcast, so start leaving messages. Otherwise, we have to make rules. Oh, and I said this last <laughs> time, but it doesn't have to be just a question. Like, if you have a comment, uh, something you just want to say to us, feel free to do that. Thank you for listening to Fight for Together. We'll see you.